you've got yourself stuck right there and you can't move out of it. By being open to the possibility that things can change and hold that narrative less tight can really help you. It's going to be challenging. It's, it's going to be a process. And it's going to be a process that probably will last for a long time for you. Mm. But allowing that to happen, especially on your devices, because I think that's a really great specific area that you could focus on, I think could allow for a lot of gains for you and flexibility and hopefully a re- reduction in, in, in headspace that you're devoting to diabetes just by, you know, just observing those things and holding them a little more lightly. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be trying something a little bit different. I'm going to be doing a live coaching session with one of my listeners. Rob is in his early 30s, and he's been living with type 1 diabetes for the past 28 years. And recently, Rob has been experiencing some pretty significant technology burnout. Even though he recognizes the benefits, his insulin pump and CGM have been causing him some pretty significant stress. During this episode, I'm going to work with Rob to help him develop some strategies that he can use to change his mindset around the technology and make using his CGM and pump a little bit less stressful. Do you have a specific diabetes-related concern, and do you want to get some coaching on a future episode? If so, please send me a message on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com. And now without further ado, here's my coaching session with Rob. Rob, I appreciate you uh, coming on today and, and chatting with me, and I'm looking forward to helping you out on with what you're dealing with. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Before we get started, why don't we just uh, have you introduce yourself to the audience and let, let them know, you know who you are, you, you know, how long you've lived with diabetes, and what is life like for you with diabetes right now? Yeah, so uh, my name is Rob Brooks. I'm currently in Chicago, but uh, originally from the Boston area. Uh, I uh, have been living with type 1 diabetes for close to 30 years, so I think uh, somewhere around 28, 29 years I've lost track. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, you know doing well overall, but uh, obviously trying to figure out ways to improve uh, my health, uh, related to diabetes, both physical and mental. So what are the biggest challenges that you've had over the years with diabetes? For me, what has challenged me has evolved, um, you know, just as my, uh, you know, my management has evolved and also, you know, as I've grown up and I've, uh, taken different viewpoints and perspectives on, uh, areas related to, to my life and, and also to my diabetes. So, um, you know, I think some of the biggest frustrations, if I can generalize that out over the course of many years, would just be the burning of time. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I don't have enough time in the day to do everything I need to do. And, you know, there's the frustrations of, you know, how on earth uh, can my blood sugar be so high or so low right now? I did, you know, everything that was part of the playbook, uh, you know, and that, um, you know, certainly takes time out of your day, but also, when you're not feeling great, you know, that takes time out, you're not sleeping well. 
your time is limited with that. And, uh, you know, I think, I think there is that fear of, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be healthy, to live a long and, you know, prosperous life and, um, be able to hone in on everything related to diabetes. But it seems like the harder I try to understand it, the more I get confused, but in general, I'd say it's just the uh, exhaustion that comes with it. The it's nonstop 24 seven. I can't check it in uh, when you know, I'm walking in the door and uh, I can't leave it on my nightstand when I go to bed. So, yeah, I think that's something that I think all of us can relate to, uh, to some degree or another. And that's a big challenge that lots of people face. But I know that you're having a specific challenge today that you want to talk about. And so I, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about specifically what that challenge is and how it's impacting your life right now. The thing that has been bothering me most recently is device burnout. I feel like despite switching some devices and the time and the effort that it takes to, to navigate that whole process uh, logistically and also you know, learn these devices myself. And there, there is a learning curve to a lot of them. Um, you know, I think that uh, this year has been one where I've made a lot of changes and, you know, in general, they're positive, but it's required uh, a lot of time. And, um, you know, there's there's those moments of frustration throughout. A couple of specific examples. So I um, was on a older Medtronic pump. Um, it was great. Uh, you know, I'm stubborn, so I, you know, probably should have upgraded that years ago, but uh, I just didn't because of the time that would be required to to get uh, uh, to get insurance to pay for it to get you know the everything shipped to where I'm at and and also yeah, I just you know I was comfortable with what I currently was using uh, and so I made that switch and um, you know that's been a huge uh, factor in making me feel better making me feel more confident uh, using tandem in the control IQ. Uh, I also use uh, Dexcom uh, with that. So uh, I've been using the CGM for many years now. And, um, you know, I think that's a game changer for anybody that's able to, to access that and use that uh, appropriately. And uh, the one challenge with uh, some of these devices that come into play is, you know, I, I don't have too much real estate to use on my body. Uh, and I know I have everybody else saying otherwise, but you know, there's a lot of parts of my body where if I put injections or if I'm putting in pump sites or CGM sites, you know, there's a significant amount of pain and, you know, whether it's just not enough um, real estate, I, I primarily put my pump site on my upper hip and I keep my CGM, uh, you know, right on my side and big challenge I have there is, you know, I'm always thinking about it. I sit differently uh, on the couch, depending on what side my pump site is in. I, you know, or I'm making sure that I'm, you know, doing everything I can not to sleep on the same side as my CGM because I don't want it to rip off and cause all these, uh, you know, waterfall of challenges following. Yeah, that's that's been one that, um, you know, I just found more and more, it was on top of mind and kind of, you know, very much a conscious thing these past uh, couple months. And there's a lot to unpack there, you know. So what I heard you say is that, first of all, you're stubborn and Changing the way you manage diabetes is always challenging. You know, the pe- people who have a hard time going from MDI to pump or back from, from pump to MDI. And then you have wearing the device and, you know, both finding the logistics of wearing the device and figure out where to put it, but also having to, having to deal with it on a daily basis when you're sleeping and when you're sitting at work and, you know, and then also the, the logistics of like, you know, how do I make sure that I have enough time to change my pump site? How do I, how do I know that I have enough time to call the insurance company and deal with all that stuff? Yeah. That's all a lot to deal with. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
So how, how have those things impacted your daily life? How, how on a daily basis have they gotten in the way of you being able to you know, do what you want to do and live the life that you want to live? Directionally, you know, everything about the devices I wear is, is a net positive. Uh, I get, you know, the way of life I have because of them and uh, the confidence to live that life. When it comes to changing, changing things up, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, when working out just in general, uh, with having the tandem clip on my waistband, um, you know, that's always, that's always a factor. It's almost like when I'm running, I'm like having to hold my pump because it's going to, you know, somehow, you know, fall off my waistband or it's going to fall down and therefore rip my pump side out potentially. And next thing we know, you know, there's that waterfall effect, uh, you know, especially when it comes to sleeping, I make a conscious decision every night for the most part to, to make sure that I'm doing my best to not start sleep on the side of my CGM one. Cause I can, I can feel it sometimes, but two, I just don't want that to rip out. Uh, and again, you take that with, you know, getting into the shower and, you know, toweling off after and putting the clothes on after each one of these things is, you know, sometimes looking at, you know, a mini variable that's in play. That's a lot of headspace that is taken up for you. Yeah, absolutely. I I've been, I've been lucky. I, um, you know, accepted, you know, who I am and, and everything that comes with that, including diabetes. So, you know, I don't have too much, um, you know, a problem to, to wear, wear my devices loud and proud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't really hidden that away. Um, I think back in the day, I certainly did where I wanted to kind of be, you know, uh, part of the larger flock, but, you know, I actually enjoy when people ask me, you know, what's that on your hip, what's that on your you know waist? Um, it's uh, an opportunity to educate. So. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point, and that I think something that a lot of us struggle with is that these these devices are game changers. They they save our lives and they can make life so much, so much easier for us. But at the same time, they are challenging. But those two things are conflicting sometimes. Man, this is so yeah. awesome, but I, but but I don't want to wear this today. Have you been dealing with that sort of dichotomy there in your mind? Absolutely. And, and trust me, there are days when I just want to, you know, rip it all off and just go old school or, you know, just to be totally liberated as best I can from uh, not just the devices, but from, you know, the conscious effort that you have to make in addition to everything else when those are on. Um, so, yeah, no, I feel that I feel that all the time. And, you know, it's one thing that I, I want, but it's also, you know, I, I do that for a day taking injections Um that, you know, then raises some of the other burnout areas with those things. So, uh, again, I look at it like it's uh, a net positive, but certainly, uh, certainly have those moments and days where you just want to take them all off or figure yeah. out something else. It's net positive, but we also have to acknowledge that there are challenges involved. We're not we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't, don't acknowledge that. That's exactly right. So I wonder if we had, if I had a magic wand, and I could make this device burn out for you to go away. I couldn't make diabetes go away, but I could make the devices easy to use, you know, no, 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 take up no headspace, not impact your sleep, not impact any of the issues that you've been dealing with. How would life be better for you? So it would make me have more time to be present. And I think okay. that's an, something I've been striving for is just to be in the moment, be, you know, there. I feel like I'm always on my mind is always racing or thinking of something else. Uh, and that's, you know, I don't want to attribute all of that to, to diabetes, but again, you, you can't kick the feet up uh, and really, you know, enjoy uh, a Sunday afternoon and have some food and uh, you know, have a couple of drinks and watch football. 
you know, that's something that I'm always thinking about is, you know, what do I need to do next? What do I not, what should I not do to avoid something? Yeah. You know, there's even, there's even times like for breakfast, if my blood sugar is great right in the morning and I'm a little bit hungry, uh, you know, I, I will actually make the conscious decision. Like, you know, I'm not going to eat, um, even if it's like some cheese or something like that. Uh, I'll just do everything I can to avoid, you know, a possible fluctuation. Um, and, and that's, that's actually been an interesting phenomenon that I've kind of experienced with that. I'm, you know, taking, taking certain behaviors off the table that I might typically do. Um, but again, looking at it in the positive of, you know, do I really need to have, you know, those three donuts this morning, you know, my CGM helps change those behaviors. With the CGM, what is your reaction to alarms? How have alarms impacted your life? Vibrate mode. That is uh, my gold standard. So I don't want to hear it at all. Um, give me, give me a little shake on my hip or on my phone. Uh, that's that's as much as I need. I, you obviously have the situations where other alarms are uh, in there, no matter what. Uh, and for those, yeah, I think it's um, you know you you hear the the drop of a CGM if you have an alert on uh, for your you know. Uh, you know, certain, uh, certain slopes. And, you know, you start to hear that, like, you know, you're going really high, really fast, and you're going really low, really fast. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I hear those and, you know, there's obviously not a good reaction to them. Um, so for those reasons, I, I, you know, I really like to just kind of keep it on a vibrate mode only. I, and again, it's, it's a weighing the pros and the cons you have. I want to be notified if yet, you know, I don't necessarily need it to the custom uh, customizations that they allow. I want to, you know, take it one level further of customizations if possible. Um, and then I think, you know, as it relates to, you know, my pump, I think it's more of, you know, from time to time, whereas I think with the CGM, that's one that's like, that thing's always ringing, especially if, you know, I got a lot going on. So I don't mind, I don't mind the notifications from the pump. It's really just with the CGM. So you, you kind of dove into the next set of questions here are what have you done to deal with this challenge? And it sounds like one thing you've done to help you to, to deal with device burnout and to manage that has been to use the vibrate mode on your CGMLR. What other strategies have you used to manage your device burnout? And what's been helpful and what, what, what have you tried to, tried to do, but it just hasn't worked? You know, unfortunately, I, I haven't found many great ways around that if there was a, a silver bullet outside of putting them into vibrate mode, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd share that. I just, I haven't found that yet. Uh-huh. Um, I think one, you know, one thing would be to, to just be more proactive. So again, if I start to see my blood sugar is going a little bit higher and I've had my pump site in for three days, I know that, you know, we're going to get to a point where that's not going to be, um, you know, getting me the insulin in full, uh, and so, you know, I start to be more proactive about that and that's, you know, change a pump site earlier, or, um, if I'm, you know, dealing with something else, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take those steps, but again, that just is again, adding more work. It's adding more time. Um, I unfortunately don't have a, a perfect answer for any solutions around it. No. And that's why you're here. We're here, we're here to help you to, to find, find a resolution. I don't know that we're, ha- I, I think solutions is probably the wrong word, but definitely help you to kind of think about this in a different way and maybe, um, come come to a place where wearing the devices is easier for you and you're able to see more of the good and less of the challenges and let, let that good shine through. You know, one thing, Rob, that I've heard you talk about a lot is the behaviors that you've tried to, to manage the device burnout. 
So, and I think that you have, you have some great strategies. So certainly watching your diet and not, not eating three donuts on a Sunday morning, you know, keeping it to one or, or only having cheese. That's awesome because that not only keeps your blood sugar in range, but it also, it helps you to not have those alarms go off and not, not have that constant reminder of headspace taken up. Putting your devices on vibrate. That's an awesome strategy to figure out, you know, how do I minimize the disruption in my life that I have from, from this device? But what I've also heard is that those are all behaviors. Those are all, those are all things that you're doing as opposed to ways that you're thinking about the situation. And I always like to talk to people about how they think about diabetes and how they think about their devices, as opposed to what can I do to make this easier for me? And one thing I want to talk to you about or ask you is, you seem to have a lot of beliefs and stories around what it means to wear devices and how much work it is. And I think that you're absolutely spot on is that it does take some thinking, it does take some work. But we also tell ourselves stories about that. And that those stories can sometimes make the challenge even bigger. Let's take a minute and actually look at what is the reality and what are the, what are the stories that you're putting on top of that reality that, that may be making it more challenging for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So the, the stories that I'm telling myself are probably the best guesses of what might happen, right? So if I'm, if I'm there in the morning and I'm deciding, you know, I'm not going to have breakfast um, and, you know, my CGM is fine. I don't want to get those alarms. The story that I'm telling myself is if I have X, my blood sugar will go high and therefore, you know, the rest of the alphabet in terms of variables. Uh, so, so those are some of the things that um, I will construct uh, and, and, think through of what will be the consequences of this when again in the moment I should perhaps just be thinking um, you know hey this is something I'm should be doing I'm hungry I should eat food uh, you know don't let the alarms get in the way of that but uh, those are certainly some of the things that I do is just thinking about the consequences or thinking about the what if what if not yeah and, and let's go beyond the consequences of what happens if my blood sugar goes high or what happens if I eat this and my blood sugar goes high but let's say that you did, let's say that you have those three donuts and your blood sugar goes from a perfect 100 to 325. What does that mean? What's going to happen? What does it mean about you? And what does also does it mean about the rest of your day? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm very critical on myself. Uh, and uh, again, that's a blessing and a curse, but mm-hmm. um, you know, if my blood sugar is going high and I could have done something to prevent it. And I knew it in the moment. Um, I, you know, I'm going to call myself an idiot. I'm going to, why on earth did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Even with all the preparation, you know, this was inevitable. Yeah. That, that's probably the first thing that, uh, that I share or say to myself. Uh, and then as it relates to physically, you know, my body, I, I know what feeling, thankfully I, I have the awareness to feel what, you know, 220 is. I know it, 250 feels like I know what 300 feels like. And again, I have a pretty granular look and feel for these, these different blood sugars. And if it goes above, you know, 250, I mean, I feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's an hour plus minimum of feeling terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that, and that's reasonable. There are some times I would imagine when you don't feel terrible, but you're just, 
mad because it's there. You know, I, I, why did I do that? I should have known better. And should is a really dangerous word with diabetes. You know, we all, we all, there are all things that we could have done better. But when you start telling yourself, you must start using the word should with your diabetes, then you become, you, you get in this, this hamster wheel of self-criticism, which then all of a sudden just makes things worse. And the CGM for you is really a magnifying glass on that hamster wheel because you can actually see it step by step as to what's happening. And no wonder you're burned out when you see that happening and then that just feeds into your self-criticism. That's uh, exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good feedback. What I want to suggest is that those types of things are going to happen. You're going to have those reactions. And I, I would be lying to you if I told you the best way to deal with this is just not to have that kind of reaction, not think that way. I think that maybe something that you can try is just recognizing how you're, how you're thinking and what you're feeling, just noticing that as opposed to buying into it, as opposed to really getting on the hamster wheel. You could notice, oh yeah, that hamster wheel is going real fast, but I don't have to run on that hamster wheel. Like I, I can just watch it go. If that happens, if that allows you to separate yourself a little bit from the feelings and the numbers on that CGM. And that can help you to feel better about those devices. That can help you to have a better relationship with the devices. They're to help, they're to help you. And sometimes the news they give you isn't always great. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be the, the end of your day. It means it's going to be a bump in the road. And being able to kind of see that as opposed to allowing yourself to go down that road, I think can be helpful for you. Yeah, no, that's very helpful. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a big task because, again, this is something that occurs, you know, what could be hundreds of times every day. Is that a story you're telling yourself that this is going to be an uphill battle and that this is, this is This happens so many times a day. Where's that reality? A little bit of both, but I think it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm telling myself it's, you know, this is going to be, you know, an all day, every minute, every hour, uh, situation, whereas it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, yeah. And, and also you may want to think about that. Yes, it, it, diabetes is a, is a full-time job and it is nonstop, but it doesn't have to take up your brain power all the time. And there may be some, sometimes when you shoot, you make a choice not to allow it to. So for example, let's say that you're going out to dinner and you, it's your birthday and you really want to have that, that big bowl of pasta and that cannoli for dessert. You know that your blood sugar is going to be going high after that. You say, I'm, I'm okay with that. And you make a conscious decision to not worry about diabetes that night. Now, I don't mean not take care of yourself. I don't mean not give yourself insulin, but just allow your blood sugar to do what it's going to do and let it be as opposed to trying to control it all the time. Yeah. And, and, and there may be some times when you need to be on your game and you need to be feeling hundred percent and that you want it, you want that blood sugar to be um, in, in range. And so you, you're going to put more effort and time into it. That those are times when you can choose to be more intentional and allow it to take up more headspace. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I, I oftentimes will, you know, have that big bowl of pasta or that cannoli, you know, occasionally from time to time. And, and again, you can't be, can't be doing that every, every meal throughout every day. And, you know, I do, I do almost see it as like a celebration. Um, you know, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to celebrate, I'm going to, I'm going to take, take my best shot at this and I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to keep my numbers in range, but it, it does make me think less about it. And it makes me feel 
you know, I don't feel as bad after if, you know, it does go through the roof or if it, yeah. it goes all over the board. And nothing has changed for you behaviorally. It's just, it's changing the way you're thinking about it. Right. One thing I, I noticed that you mentioned before was that your, your pump side and your CGM take up a lot of real, real estate on your body, but also in your head, especially mm-hmm. around, around sleep. And we could do a whole nother podcast episode on the challenges of sleeping with diabetes because there's a lot there. But I wonder if you also have a self-fulfilling prophecy in when you go to bed, having to think about your CGM site all the time, because you, you go, you, you may go in with that, that expectation that, that, that it's going to hurt and that I have to be careful here without allowing it to actually do that without testing the waters to see actually what's realistic and what's not. Is that something that you, that, that you think is a possibility there? Yeah. So that one, that one is, um, I feel like I have a lot of evidence to tell my, to like to validate that story that I tell okay. myself. In the bed. So it's, you know, I've had those things where, you know, my pump sites ripped out, you know, in the morning, you know, that's happened not just a handful of times. That, that's, that's a frequent occurrence. Uh, same with, you know, my CGM where, you know, all of a sudden I wake up in the morning and, you know, it's, you know, not getting alerts or readings. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of those situations and because of the hassles that come of having to put a new one in and having to, you know, do, you know, call, call the uh, companies to get, um, you know, new ones, et cetera. It's too, it, it happened too many times. So now I'm just like, Hey, I'm just going to take these, what I would call proactive steps and tell myself this story uh, and therefore, hopefully, better be able to to protect myself um, mm-hmm. and not lose any of these devices or pump sites. But yeah, I definitely definitely try to not sleep on the same side as either of them. And I, I just want you to be realistic. You know, if you have evidence that you, that you know for sure it's going to be happening, then telling yourself that story is super helpful for you. But if the if if it's going to happen one out of every ten times, then going into sleep, you know, with a lot of worry about you know and a lot of mental gymnastics about how to deal with this. It may not be as, as necessary for you and becoming a little less attached to that story and allowing for possibilities to see is it every time, or is it once a month? Because those are very different stories for you. Yeah. Whether it's, it's every time, then by all means take action. If it's once a month, then that's probably, that, that's too much. That's a, that's a pain. But is a story serving you or is it really holding you back from getting good sleep? That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're hopping in a bit. It's almost, I, I have this habit now. It's like this mental checklist. It's going to be difficult to break and I'd like to break it at times. But um, I think that's the other challenge that comes up there. All of these thoughts and processes I have for sleep or for exercise or for you name it. Um, I already, you know, I've already constructed a playbook and, um, it, you know, it works as well as it possibly can, but, um, yeah, there's definitely times I, I try, try to avoid going off and telling myself a narrative as I jump into bed. I want you to be compassionate with yourself around this change because change is possible here. I mean, you've been living with diabetes for 28 years or so a long time. And so it's no wonder that you're so stuck in your, your way of thinking and your routines because some of it served you really well. But also, I think you recognize that some of it hasn't served you great. And so being willing to take some steps to be uncomfortable a little bit, to change that way of thinking, is the only way it's going to change. 
But if you say to yourself, oh, I can't change the way I think about my devices. My devices are always going to have these issues. It's all, this, these challenges are always going to be there. You've got yourself stuck right there and you can't move out of it. By being open to the possibility that things can change and hold that narrative less tight can really help you. It's going to be challenging. It's, it's going to be a process. And it's going to be a process that probably will last for a long time for you. Mm. But allowing that to happen, especially on your devices, because I think that's a really great specific area that you could focus on, I think could allow for a lot of gains for you and flexibility and hopefully a re- reduction in, in, in headspace that you're devoting to diabetes just by, you know, just observing those things and holding them a little more lightly. That's uh, no, it's, it's a great conclusion. And um, it's something uh, I look forward to attempting and, and you know, incorporating into my uh, overall game plan, but my recommendations to you are a couple things. The first is to watch your stories, watch the stories you're telling yourself about, about your devices, what they do and don't allow you to do. And also how you're going to react to what happens if the device does or doesn't work or, and how you're going to react to what the device tells you, the information that it tells you and recognize that no matter what, what happens, you have the ability to handle that. I think that one of our biggest fears is that sometimes we don't think that we have the ability to handle things that diabetes throws our way, especially around devices. If I see the CGM and I see my number going high, I can't handle that kind of stress. If my, if my site pump site rips out, I can't deal with that. And recognize that, yeah, it's a pain in the butt. The, the story that you can't deal with it is just that. It's just a story. But by going into it saying, yeah, I can handle this. It's going to suck if it happens, but I can handle it that can help you a lot. And so I, what I want you to do is focus on your story and recognize what they are and see if you can hold them a little more lightly and not, not grab onto them so tightly and see if that changes things for you. Also, I would encourage you to be more, more, more self-compassionate with yourself and just get, you know, take the word should out of your vocabulary is a great goal to have. You know, every time you hear yourself saying the word should, push that aside and let that word go because should, especially around devices, keeps you beating yourself up. And then finally, I would really recommend that you continue to implement the strategies that you have in terms of your behaviors. So sure, if you want to eat low carbs so the CGM doesn't go off all the time, that's a great strategy, as long as it's not getting in the way of your life. If you want to turn, if you want to keep your CGM alarms on vibrate, by all means do it. Also, if you want to take a pump break or a CGM break, because you're going skiing or going to the beach or you just want to break, I would encourage you to do that because we want to be flexible, not only in how you think about things, but also in how you behave. And technology is the same thing. Just because you have a pump or CGM doesn't mean you have to use it all the time. And so allow yourself the flexibility to take a break for a day or a week or a month, still manage your diabetes well, but know that that's okay. And that, that you can handle diabetes in whatever form it has, because I, you know, you've had diabetes for a long time. So you've had, you, you had diabetes back when it took a minute to get a blood sugar reading on a finger stick, right? You know, you can do that again and you can thrive in that way. If it's helpful for your mental health, whether that's for a day, a week or a month, you can do that. And so being flexible on how you think about technology and how you use it, I think can also serve you really well. Now that's great feedback. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, I think the hardest one out of all of those would be related to the stories. And as I think about that, I I feel like I almost have to tell myself a story. Hopefully I can, in the interim, just, you know, tell myself another story and and get to the place 
uh, down the road where, you know, maybe a story is not even necessary. Yeah. When you see yourself telling yourself, this is going to be really hard, catch yourself. Just notice that because it's going to happen. It's, it's so ingrained in you. That's just where your mind goes. But when you catch yourself saying you're telling yourself that, you're like, oh, I'm telling myself this is going to be hard. Say, no, I'm going to tell myself this is going to be easy. See how that works. It's amazing what expectations can do to your reality. And so if you give that a shot, especially around your use of technology, I think you'll have great payoffs. It sounds great. All right, Rob. Well, I look forward to talking to you in a couple of months and following back up with you to see how things are going and see you know, what sort of improvements you've been able to make with your device burnout. Thank you. I look forward to sharing some uh, great updates with you down the road. I always like hearing from my listeners, and I'm really interested to hear what you thought about this coaching episode. Do you want to hear more episodes like this where I do live coaching? And if you have an issue you'd like some coaching on on a future episode, please let me know. To get in touch, send me a message on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com. That does it for today's episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you like what you heard, I would really appreciate it if you leave a five-star rating and post a review on iTunes. That helps me spread the word about this podcast so that more people can benefit. Also, be sure to tune in next Thursday for an all-new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm going to dive deep into mindfulness and how you can use mindfulness to help you reduce the stress of living with type 1 diabetes. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.